Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast. So today's episode, I chat with Evan Daly. Evan is an online coach and he is owner of Evan Daly Fitness. And um, we have a great conversation all around kind of relationship with food and kind of healing that relationship with food and how to put kind of good sustainable habits in place so like we start the conversation and we talk a bit about his career as a jockey and how that affected his relationship with food which has led to him being a really good coach um because he can really relate with people um in relation to that those kind of issues and we talk about fat loss and establishing a sustainable approach and we chat about mindset towards food and healing your relationship with food and we talk about the weighing scales and the appropriate way to use the weighing scales as a measurement of progress. And then we talk about movement and training and where to start when you're starting out and kind of what is important to focus on. And so really enjoyed this conversation. And there's definitely lots. It's a nice kind of all rounder um, health and fitness conversation and lots for both beginners and people who are kind of in the game a while to take from it. So I hope you enjoy and I'll chat to you all soon. Evan, welcome to the podcast. Kate, how are we getting on? Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat today. No, happy, happy, happy to come on. It was a bit of a mess there, I suppose, over the last two weeks. I was meant to jump on, but then it was, what even happened, actually? I think, where was I? I was somewhere and I actually, did I, what, I'm not sure actually what happened. We had, we had scheduled it, right, weeks beforehand, and then I went off on holidays, and I don't know what you were at, and then I came back on Monday, and we were due to record Wednesday, and you were like, oh, can we change it to thursday or something like that and i was like do you want to just reschedule is there too much going on and because i think we were both all and i had a new intake of my program starting and it was just mental and we decided to reschedule and then yeah, you had a couple of weeks you know being that, a success and all that ah uh, geez I, I was in australia that's what it was actually so i'd say i just completely just uh messed messed the whole timeline but we're here anyway that's the most important <laughs> yeah so i suppose a lot of people will rec- the people will recognize your voice as they're listening to this i would say a lot of people it's when i had sean casey on i said the same thing people uh, a lot of people will know you and people who don't know you probably do know you and don't realize they do because you'll have popped up on there if they listen to or if, they, if they listen or watch to any watch anything in relation to like health fitness fat loss on social media you've probably popped up along the way yeah so i suppose like for myself I suppose probably a bit about myself I suppose two years ago I got into all of this the whole fitness side of things um I was a jockey for three four years and just due to injuries and I suppose falling out of love with the game um I decided to I went into engineering actually a a bit of a mad one but I went into engineering because it was something that I just thought I wanted stability from being and I suppose an unstable kind of career I suppose of of being a jockey you kind of don't know where where next is go you don't know where you're going to be basically you know you have to work work for your your um your money and obviously you have to do that anyway but you know what i mean i thought i kind of wanted that kind of just paycheck every single week with no real stressors and that so i just wanted a kind of a stable job so went into engineering even though me maths anything like that would not go well together so managed to pass first year and i just will hit a point where i was like what even is what is going on here like i'm going into a career where i absolutely hate i'm not going to do this for the next 40 years so i just said you know what i'm probably going to have to stay doing it what's the other option so i just said while doing it i'm just going to open up my own gym open up my own studio and so i pumped money into a place and from there i opened that up and i thought i was just going to do that part-time and go back to college in september but long story short, it kind of took off, I suppose. And yeah, it's uh, started off in person, got full in person and then started moving the business online, posting on social media. And yeah, over, I suppose, grew a fairly decent following over the last while and then was able to move my business online after probably seven or eight months and now have uh, the daily fitness community, which is my group coaching service, one-to-one coaching service and a new app soon coming um, out as well with both myself and Sean. So yeah, it's been a, been a mad old couple of years, but sure it's, I couldn't be happier to be honest. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's good. (laughs) That's amazing. So when you're talking about everything that's happened, first of all, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 23. You're 23. So when I'm listening to this story, this sounds like a 10 year story. And this has all happened in it. So just to give everyone a little bit of context. So you were, when did you stop being a jockey? So I finished up being a jockey in 
February twin. No, sorry, it wasn't February twenty nineteen. It was August twenty nineteen. I broke my back in February twenty nineteen after a fall in Clonmel. Came back, broke my collarbone. I'd say I was maybe on my second ride. It was in Tremor. Broke my collarbone. Came back again. I was like, got to the point where I was like, Do you know what? I'm not even wanting to get get booked for any rides or anything like that I and that was a true sign that right I'm falling out of love with this like I was kind of sick of the diet and I was sick of the yeah relationship with food was really bad at the time and just I was I was kind of a bit messed up to be honest um from it all the injuries everything kind of started taking its toll so yeah that was 2019 yeah that's such an interesting story because it's not actually something that I knew about you so it's um mm. so I might actually just ask you a little bit about that in general and that's a really interesting kind of perspective to have in relation to like relationship with food and stuff like that and coming in as a coach which would be really useful um would you mind talking a little bit about what it's like to be in that industry and what age did you get into it and obviously then growing up with it like how that affects you and what's expected of you that kind of thing yeah so I suppose like don't get me wrong the my racing days I wouldn't change a thing I wouldn't change a thing, but it's an extremely hard sport. It's an extremely hard job. It's a professional career and it's, uh, it's tough for two main reasons. Number one is the weight management side of things because you could be a normal, healthy body weight, but in the racing game, you're, you're overweight. You're, you'd call yourself fat, even though you might actually be fairly lean, but just because you're heavy on a scale, you're like, you're, you're, you're overweight. So, even though you could be a healthy body weight, that wasn't enough for being a jockey. You have to be literally underweight. You know what I mean? So, and the other reason I suppose would be obviously the falls, the injuries, the breaking of bones, that's all part and parcel of it as well. So all of these things are a massive kind of psychological um, struggle for me as well. You had to grow up extremely fast. So like I would have got into all of this when I was probably about eight years of age and when I hit kind of 12, 13, I was like starting to touch on the things are starting to get kind of serious. You know what I mean? You have to move away from home for summers and get in with the like real kind of the top people in the, in the racing industry, in the, in the entire world, basically, you know what I mean? So, but, and you were treated like an adult, you were given bollockins, you were told if you did things wrong and you were, if you weren't watching let's say your food you were told about it as well so it's a very very hard game in that regard and I suppose I had started off as a flat jockey meaning you're flat racing so what that means is there's there's no jumps involved so it's like you flat racing you've jump racing so flat racing is like it's your speed it's a lot it's a lot faster jump racing you obviously have jumps and it's a shade it's a shade slower but obviously is extremely fast as well but the main difference is weight so he started off as an apprentice jockey and like when I was like 17, 16, 17, I was eight stone four. You know what I mean? So I was like, there was, I was tiny, like I was absolutely How tiny. I will, oh, I'm not that tall either enough, but um, what am I? Probably about five, eight, five, nine, am I? Give or take. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm being gen- I'm yeah. not sure. You were, yeah. head- you were heading towards five, eight, five, nine at this stage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I was sitting at around eight stone four, but I was nothing to me, you know, and I was uh, in school at the time as well. So I would have had, struggles with my relationship with food that point i was like running twice a day i wasn't i was like weak in school i was nearly fainting in school um i was potentially i was kind of making myself sick every now and again um and yeah just trying it was a really bad kind of relationship with food and over time i just started um i just got gradually kind of got heavier as you obviously i was developing in that as well you know what i mean so i reached the point where i was like right okay i can't be a flat jockey anymore because it's it's too hard to sustain this 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 um this weight loss so I changed to be a jump jockey. You can get away with being a little bit heavier. So sitting maybe around 10 stone and then ride at nine stone seven. So you just have to cut weight, water weight, sweat, etc. Um, in a 24 hour period in that. Um, but yeah, it still was just really hard. And I was like fearing foods. I was like avoiding foods. I was binge eating. I was purging. Yeah, it just got fairly miserable to be honest. And then as a result, like that has an impact on the brain you start getting falls that starts impacting yeah so it's just a tough life but don't get me wrong that sounds so negative but i wouldn't change a thing because i had like winners for really big people i suppose jp mcmanus michael o'leary so i had a good i had a good time you know what i mean don't get me wrong i wouldn't say i was successful by any means at all but um it was definitely a savage foundation and i feel like 
probably if I didn't do any of that, I probably wouldn't be here today for number one, the the type of mindset you have to be in in regards to right, you're on your own. It's like you have that kind of like maybe a growth kind of a mindset from the get-go, to be honest, is like more, more, more. And also as well, you are, I suppose, um, yeah, you're kind of like, you're just kind of on your own, you know what I mean? And you just, you, you mature kind of, you know? And I think maybe that's, it definitely helps, I think, um, at this age currently at the moment, you know? Yeah, I know. I definitely think every experience, positive or negative, is all like you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger as cliche as that sounds but it's very true like you know everything kind of happens you learn from it you move on you you know to the next obstacle I suppose and I suppose that's really put you in like in a good position for being at a young age to be running a successful business and also to be able to not just about the business side of it but to be able to give people solid genuine advice on their own um, relationship with food journey their own weight loss journey because you've experienced it yourself a lot of particularly a lot of young guys probably would find that difficult to do at your age I suppose yeah like it definitely 100% stood to me in regards to as I said it was like it definitely helped me now with like taking the plunge of my own business or whatever but then in regards to the actual inside the business the coaching aspect there's no doubt it's been a massive help because I wouldn't be doing this now only for that because I'd struggle kind of so much myself um with weight loss and that I, I I remember like going to dietitians and that and I never can remember maybe I was just numb to my own beliefs at the time maybe that is the case I don't know there was might have been a bit of both but I could never no one ever sat down and no one ever broke down the process as to right how fat loss occurs how weight loss occurs why it occurs what are the mechanisms behind it how can we then put a practical things in place it was usually just look, here's, you need to eat healthier, you follow this meal plan, and that was kind of it, so I'm like, what does that mean, what does that mean, whereas when I kind of started finding out about, like, the ins and outs of it, how fat loss occurs, why there's, how there's multiple different ways to approach it, how to fit it into your lifestyle, I potentially could be still racing, to be totally honest, Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe not, but it was one of the biggest things where I was just, I, I hadn't a clue what I was doing, and it was never properly broken down for me and was never drilled into me and that is kind of the message i'm trying to portray now it's like trying to break things down into simple english so people can actually just not ever have to question how this works why that works we just know how how it all goes and it's about trying to work your lifestyle um around it that best suits you you know yeah that's so true and i think people really struggle with this as well because i like for, just from what you're saying even with your experience like within the sport industry but um even just coming from a, like an ordinary person that um the, a lot of the, the advice you get like if you go to a doctor and like by um, by no means anti-doctor but in general a lot of advice that you're give, being given by medical professionals is very much just eat less you know and it becomes it comes like eat less move more so if it was that fucking simple we'd all do it it's not like and it really does um come down to um making those everyday changes but like i I think the huge thing as well is making small changes you know like what you're saying about making things like really clear and simple that this is what needs to be done and then not dive like i know it works for some people diving in head first but most people it's not sustainable because of all the other life stresses that they've got going on that's the thing like and it's it's trying to it's in doing it in digestible kind of chunks and like as you said some people get away some people get away and some people prefer going hammer and tongs and putting the blinkers on and it might work for them for the majority of people that work with me and i put it maybe work with you taking things slow and steady and building one thing at a, at a time and just i think expectations from the get-go is extremely important because see a person who might have been overweight all their life oftentimes they'll reach a point of like wanting to change and it's like oftentimes they can just expect um and i completely understand why this happens can expect it to just or want to just happen with the click of the fingers whereas what we kind of need to understand is there are habits and behaviors built up that are going that are making things go in the opposite way all of your life so these things just aren't going to just change like that you know what i mean and it's about trying to build one thing one two things at a time that actually makes the process um as realistic as could be because oftentimes then we get a little bit overwhelmed you know what i mean and small changes over time will add up and that's where 
the proper proper change starts occurring and i always notice there's a couple of trends like with people who get long-term results and it is the people who have that realistic expectations of nice kind of steady progress which in turn allows them to enjoy the process, which in turn allows them to not be starving, not feel over-restricted, and can actually build habits in place that are actually going to last a lifetime. Because as I said, for most people here, it's probably plenty of mothers, maybe fathers, et cetera, listen to this. And like, there's so many different things going on when you get to that age, 30, 40, 50, et cetera. And it's like, you want your nutrition and your overall exercise to be a part of that not your life to be a part of the fitness aspect you know what i mean you don't want it to like you, you need your fitness to fit into your life rather than your life to fit into the fitness that's the way I, I look at it to be honest and i think it's completely impossible when you're you get to the stage where you've got kids and you've got a career and you've got responsibilities it it just the fitness won't happen because you, can, you can't fit your life into your fitness the fitness has to fit into your life and that's like if if you don't get that right balance you you'll just get overwhelmed and it will all stop and then suddenly that, and that's where it, when people find themselves in the situation where they're like shit what happened and but then it is a case that okay now we just take this approach and go that direction i also think another thing that um people kind of get have a misconception of when it comes to fat loss is um clients who have a lot of weight to lose and they expect back to the expectations and they're like i expect I expected to lose more. I have, I have so much weight to lose. I thought I'd lose, I'd lose more. Um, and I think that it's a really important point that you made there about the lifetime of habits. So like quite often with my eight week program, we'd spend the first four weeks literally just setting new habits. I'm like, I don't care if you can't stick to your calories right now, but let's track them. Let's just actually get the information in front of us, see what's going in. Let's just try and move a little bit more. If the scales don't come down, it's not all lost in those first few weeks because when you can actually put those those habits in place, then you're setting yourself up then to to start pushing forward with it. But there's no point in pushing forward on rocky ground, I suppose. That's the thing. And like, you're just building that kind of like foundation realistically. And like, see when someone starts understanding that, Jesus, you know what? It's not one meal that's going to dictate whether I'm going to make progress or not. It's not if I overeat one day, things are ruined. Like it, people, when people realize that if I overeat a day, it's fine. Okay, I've overeat. That's fine. Let's get back to it the next day. When people are moving this kind of all or nothing mindset and the all or nothing mentality and can start understanding that we're not needing to be perfect and it's accepted imperfection, oftentimes that as well is a massive part of the overall foundation because they're building a lifestyle for themselves and they can their self-sabotage and starting to be potentially removed. And when you can remove all of them kind of negative things that really are the thing that's causing the needle to move in the opposite direction, you're, you're, you're on the winning track, you know? Yeah, and that's it. Literally just going with the mindset of, I'm just trying to do a little bit more than I used exactly. to. That is all. And just and then over time, like everyone knows how quickly a year goes by. If you took that attitude every day and then there's some days where, yeah, OK, shit hits the fan and it doesn't go according to the fan. So what? Like we're all human. It's, it happens to all of us, not just some people. All of us have days like that. And that's OK. And then you get back up and you're like, right, how can I do better than yesterday? And you get and you keep going. And then where you get to in a year is absolutely massive. 100%. And you know what's awful important as well is that see when someone starts a weight loss journey, they think that everything that they're doing is just weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, scale, down, down, down. And oftentimes that is just, that's draining as could be, you know, whereas when a person starts seeing the benefits of movement every day, eating a quality diet, enjoying a little bit of their favorite foods and 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 have a moderation with everything they start when they start doing it to make them feel good on a daily basis rather than just to see number go down we're far more likely to go go and stick to it because we're like okay what is the right let's say body weight for example there's probably plenty of women listen to this again your body weight isn't going to go down every single day it's going to go up it's going to go down it's going to go up even some weeks and you see if you're only doing things for weight loss you're going to be like affect this what's the point it's not working when it likely is working it's just it's just obviously we, we know the factors influence the scale weight or whatever but you can be like yeah right what is alternative if i stop having this meal structure if i stop this kind of daily movement like what's the alternative do i just stop everything and just not feel good you know what i mean so it's like doing things that you know make make you feel good on a daily basis and oftentimes if we eat to feel good we move to feel good it can 
kind of snowball the, the overall results, you know, in progress. Yeah, and we do things because we want to do them because exactly. of the way they make us feel. And making it, like, it's literally just making it process-focused rather than outcome-focused. Exactly. Because there is no outcome. And, like, I know plenty of people who are in absolutely incredible shape or, like, or I know other people who are really successful in their businesses and they're not happy. Mm-hmm. So just because you've reached a goal doesn't mean you're going to be happy. So it is really, really, really important to find joy in the journey and find out what what works for you and it's going to be different for everyone and that's okay that's for sure i and i'll just use myself as an example like during the summer there uh, like i'm not a advocate for like getting extremely lean or anything like that because like it's just simply not worth it but like i had went into a deficit for a few weeks and uh i'd got fairly lean but like when i think it's funny like right but i think back to my thoughts back then i was like i remember thinking fucking hell i'm feeling fairly kind of fat here you know what I mean it's mental the way your mind goes absolutely pear-shaped and even though I was fucking I was like I'm sorry I don't know I'm allowed to curse here but I was like I was I was fairly I was I was lean you know what I mean and I would have thought that right if I just get lose this four or five kg I'm gonna feel 100 times better don't get me wrong I'm not putting off weight as obviously because I did feel good but at the same time it's not this moment that's like oh my god I've done it that just doesn't necessarily happen you need to enjoy the process you need to eat a diet that you enjoy every day you need to follow a training regime be it, and that can be whatever you want but it's like you need to enjoy it because if not you aren't going to be consistent like for i think everyone needs to get to a point where weight loss is no longer the goal and it's that this is so so important far too often everyone's consistently wanting to lose weight 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 and that's obviously 100 percent. but oftentimes it's never ending because it's like in this kind of like a yo-yo cycle we need to get to a point everyone needs to in my opinion get to a point where it's like focusing on just living life and having your nutrition and your training as part of that maintenance life you know what i mean for me at the moment i've no real goals i'm just training to get stronger and i'm running to get fitter i'm eating just a well-balanced diet that's me. I've no goals of scale going down, scale going up, nothing like that. I'm literally just, you know what I mean? And I think we need to get to that point. And when a person can, that's my goal for every single client, get to a point to be okay with just maintaining and then having different little performance goals or whatever, you know? Yeah, 100%. And to get to the point where food is no longer the enemy and something that needs to be feared to viewing food as, and also getting away from viewing food as something that soothes you or something that, you know, brings like, immense pleasure like i think to get to the point where it's like food is fuel like you know i'm i'm eating this because i want to feel good and i want to perform well in the gym or i want to have loads of energy with my kids or because i want yeah i want to be healthy and live longer and i mean that the, all those things in very positive things not in a fear-based kind of way but that if think if we can view food that yeah we're fueling ourselves and obviously putting a certain amount of enjoyment in there it, yeah. balanced but that we don't have it too much one way or the other, that food is absolutely everything. And like, it's the only thing that makes us happy or else that the opposite direction where food, you're terrified and you're feeling guilty at everything you're eating. That's it. And it's just, it's not turning to food for every single emotion under the sun, happy, sad, bored, stressed, because if you do, it's just, it's going to become a negative. And like, you're not saying there to not look at, going and enjoying a lovely meal out because i think we'd be all lying if we said we don't get a good kick off having a lovely big meal out you know what i mean and it's like but it's just it's just not going too much either end is is important because it's like i suppose the way we would be all nearly brought up in a way it's like oftentimes food is used as a reward a lot you know do something good you get food do something good you get sweets whereas like the way i look at that is like we don't need to do something good to earn food if that makes sense and we don't need to do something good to earn a particular type of food more importantly and i think a lot of the time when we're growing up and if we get things like getting a treat for doing that or getting a treat for doing this i think that and i stand to be corrected but i would be a believer that that is setting kind of a foundation of breaking things into good and bad you know what i mean um and i think that's where things can kind of start off yeah and this kind of and i think this is where the it stemmed from you know very much the um, I know people listening will be like, you see me, but they're rewarding yourself at the end of the week with a, with a takeaway. Yeah. You know, that very much, um, 
like people see it as oh I just I can't wait till Friday night or, or what Saturday night to get my takeaway you know I deserve it after my hard week mm-hmm. it's like a reward for for themselves and it's there's nothing wrong with getting a takeaway but it's the emotional attachment to it which I do think comes from childhood and that rewarding with oh you're good job here's a sweet good job. and like we still do it. like I still do it with my kids it's terrible of course you know, like, absolutely if and if you eat your dinner you can have a chocolate bar you know and um they'll eat their dinner and then they'll get their chocolate bar <laughs> yeah people are probably listening here they're probably like you're a 23 year old young fellow and you haven't a clue what I'm going through with my kids or whatever you know what I mean and uh, don't get me wrong it's 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 easier said than done in that you know what I mean but it's just it's just more so kind of being aware of the kind of terminology we use around food and that is it is important isn't it like it is yeah, very very yeah. important and and as you said that everything we do I think when it comes to nutrition it's the emotion behind it or the um perception behind it is that the correct word to use where I mean that like right one person could have a takeaway at the end of the week every single weekend and that's perfect but see if it was a case of like that okay I'm going to be good Monday to Friday so I deserve my takeaway then it's the problem even though you're both are having a takeaway but it's the the mindset behind it behind having that takeaway is the thing that matters most isn't it yeah and like I, I would have come from very much like I would have done all the slimming clubs back in the day, like Weight Watchers, yeah. Slimming World. I remember years ago, me and my sister, we used to go to, geez, I can't even remember if it was Weight Watchers, Slimming World. It doesn't matter anyway. One of those slimming clubs on a Saturday morning. And so I would always have a few glasses of wine on a Friday night because I it would make me lighter. Could dehydrate yourself. Yeah, I used to do that for race as well sometimes. <laughs> I'd go weigh myself. I'm like, yes, I'm down four pounds this week four pounds of fucking fluid which we'll talk about in a minute but um and then we go off and we go to tesco and we, we go and we buy we have our cheat day and we go and we buy donuts and we go and buy um like pastries and we go and buy like a big giant chicken fillet roll and we literally and like then we plan then that evening we'd have a movie night and we'd have like so we'd eat whatever we want all day we'd have our chicken fillet rolls then for you know for lunch or whatever and then we'd have a movie night loads of shit and sure all the work you've done we'd have done all week like we just kind of undid and it was this really unhealthy cycle and we used to do it all the time um and i know there's people listening that will will very much relate to that um and it's a very hard cycle to get out of and that mindset because you think as you're you're literally restricting yourself all week long to then do that but you still think you're you, like you haven't done anything wrong like i genuinely just didn't see that day as counted that, that's the thing you see and it, it's it's everything that happens on average so you probably just blew your deficit out of the water basically with that big kind of like cheat day whereas like the way i kind of look at it is that there's nothing ever necessarily off limits it's all about there's more so it's kind of like good and bad times to have certain things you know what i mean so like for example you're at your friend's house and you have a cup of tea and it's probably good it's probably there you probably want maybe like a biscuit or two and that's a good time to have that because you're at a let's say just let's say i don't know it's social you know what i mean as in like you're you know it's it's let's say you're offered it and you want it that's that's 100 then there's other times where you're hungry in the evening time it's probably a good shout to have some greek yogurt and some fruit for example because it's going to keep you fuller so it's all about kind of like good and bad times to eat it and knowing like what is relative to that moment and mainly eating a cold kind of good quality nutrient dense food but you see when you realize that there is no foods needing to be off limits and there, you remove the scarcity around certain foods oftentimes then the want for the food can massively go down like you get to the weekend and you're not literally counting down the days to the big indulgence you know what i mean it's like you you, you don't want you should you shouldn't want to do that you should get to a point where that's no longer like a an urge you should yeah. everything should be more calm and more kind of consistent you know what i mean um and you see like if you're constantly just waiting for this next time to overeat there's something going on there's too much restriction or there's something going on in the mind where you're not allowing yourself and you've created a scarcity around fo- certain foods and that's where the that's where the main problem is to be honest with 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 most people really and it's one of the main struggles that i see to be honest yeah me too um with clients like when they would start working with me and I would give them their calorie total now I would very much my motto is to get those calories as high as possible while in a deficit yeah. so you know most of my clients like obviously it depends on height weight age all of, of that they'll, they'll always be somewhere between 1700 and 2400 they yeah. like for a deficit depending on on the, on the client obviously um very rare obviously sometimes if you've got a much smaller person who's looking to just lose a little bit of weight it might be slightly lower calories but um in and around that so the calories are usually quite high so the one thing that i always get like kind of week one or two of the program is 
oh, I don't think I lose weight in those calories. That's too much. I, or I can't eat my calories. And it's because they think that they're on a diet. And I'm like, no, you're not on a diet. You will lose body fat if you stick to these. But just say you've got, you're on 2,000. I always pick 2,000 because it's easy multiplication easy for me. Um, <laughs> to, just say you're eating 2,000 calories a day on your deficit. And on an ordinary Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're finishing up at 17 or 1,800 calories and you're full and people will be like do i need to eat for the sake of it and i'm like no okay so you're finishing on 17 1800 you're full you're happy you don't feel restricted as long as you don't feel restricted and you don't feel hungry then leave it there of course and then come friday night you, you might have gathered a couple of extra 100 calories not that you're promoting binging you're not restricting no. binge but you have that flexibility of 2000 multiplied by seven so 70 is 1400 14000 calories um for the week yeah that's it like and th- that can help that little bit of flexibility can help massively and one thing i'd often find is as well just as you said there i think what a person needs to understand there is that say a person was given the let's say we we'll just say 1700 calories and a person has it let's say is struggling w- with their weight say and if they say i can't eat them calories they're way too high what th- what we kind of need to understand is, okay, you mightn't have been eating them consistently, but on average, you have been eating way more than them calories for a long period of time, but you're just not aware of it because you're just constantly restricted. You you are constantly in a restricted mindset and you might be eating 1200 calories, a thousand calories Monday to Thursday. But if you had got to a point where you are currently overweight, you have been eating more than them. And, but it's on average, it's like, there has been a day, a couple of days, maybe the weekends, where there's been a big amount of calories consumed, therefore your whole weekly average is up. And I think that's oftentimes a hard thing for people to sometimes take and to kind of understand. But it is reality. Whereas if if you start consistently having that little bit more while being in that deficit, you're going to notice you're probably not going to be that hungry um, compared to what you're kind of usually used to. And everything becomes more consistent, more consistent energy, more consistent kind of like hunger. You know what I mean? As in like more consistent control of hunger and just feeling better in general on a daily basis. Like the goal for fat loss isn't to just eat as little as physically possible. It's actually trying to eat as much as possible that actually allows enough weight loss to occur because there's, there's sometimes, well, there's, there like, we need to understand the whole motivation side of it as well that like, Oftentimes, if something is absolutely a snail's pace, it can be kind of, you know, it can be a little bit hard. So it's like making sure that it's enough for deficit, but also enough for a person to be able to adhere to as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. In relation to, we're talking about fat loss and we're talking about, you know, it being, you know, something that we can we can keep up long term. And then it has to be enough that people want to do it or want to keep that, or they're motivated to keep going, but um, not too much that it's manageable. But let's talk a little bit about the difference between fat loss and weight loss because a lot of people are really fixated on the scales and it's a huge mindset shift to try and be like you know I could have a lady who like we we only weigh and measure every four weeks on my program like because I don't like it to be the main focus so um you, like I could have a lady that's only lost two pounds in four weeks and she's really disappointed and she's oh I've only lost two pounds and I'm like let me see your photos and I go and I look at their her photos side by side and there's massive changes in measurements and it like you can visibly see the fat loss that has occurred and what a lot of particularly women will experience this more than men because a lot of it can be hormone related um and when and our hormones can make us hang on to extra water extra fluid and which can massively affect the scale so my point here is that the scales have come down two pounds she might have lost four or five pounds of body fat and be holding on to two or three pounds of fluid but because the scales has told her she's only lost two pounds she thinks she hasn't made as much progress as she had and i saw i was scrolling through your um, profile yesterday just in preparation for this and i saw the one you did with the bread so i know that's in relation to carbohydrates which we can talk about as well but do you want yeah. to talk a little bit about yeah that's water, an, yeah for me scales? like and everyone goes about it different ways for the kind of approach that i take is trying to remove the most attachment to the scale and the way that i approach it in my program is to is to actually face the scale a little bit more and start being okay with fluctuations and seeing daily fluctuations on a daily basis it's a right and wrong way to do it for everyone i take a different approach with everyone but i find see when a person can see all of these fluctuations that happen every single day and understand that right okay i if i weigh myself this week and i weigh myself next week on the same day 
I could be complete different weight. I could be a pound heavier from day to day. But in between them days, my probably weekly average is probably going the right direction. You know what I mean? If the, if the right direction is weight loss, we're just going to use for this example. You know what I mean? So understanding your body weight is going to go up and down every single day. And it's a completely normal process. As I And actually, another a good point is, see if, let's say, you had mentioned there, weighing from like a month to month thing, like kind of every four weeks, say, like you might see that your body weight is down only two pounds, say, but on average, say, if there was an average taken, could actually be down four or five pounds. You just don't know because it could got to the time where, let's say, for a woman, it could have been cycle to cycle, say, where you might just be retaining a lot of water um, through the phase of the cycle that you're on. It's going to be different, obviously, for everyone, like, you know what I mean? But your body's going to be holding on to water. Therefore, your scale weight isn't going down, but that doesn't mean that fat loss isn't occurring behind the scenes. And it's always, the, it's always important to understand is that, right, if I'm hitting my calories, if I'm hitting protein target, I'm getting to keep in my consistent movement. And I know I'm doing all them, them things right. You shouldn't need to worry about the outcome because the process is more than, or you shouldn't, yeah, because the process is likely going to just bring that outcome anyway. And it's really important to know that, right, if I am in a deficit, so I'm hitting the calorie target, doing all the things right, fat loss has to be occurring. So just because the scale doesn't go down on a given week, that doesn't mean that fat loss is occurring behind the scenes because you've this, your body's made up of, a lot of water and there's 101 things that it can affect can affect that the likes of extra carbohydrates that doesn't mean the carbs are bad it just means that if i have more carbohydrates on a given day my body will retain the goods of three to four grams of water for every for every gram of carb our body will retain three to four grams of water therefore i'm just simply going to be heavier on the scale the next day but i could have still been in a deficit meaning fat loss still occurring female cycle we i, I don't i don't need to go in, in, into, into that one all females will understand like let's say bloat and things like that on different weeks of their cycle you know what i mean again a massive impact then you have the likes of what else have we like we have salt we have let's say more volume of food fiber digestion you know what i mean all these things impact the amount of water that's on us if someone's in a consistent deficit for a long enough period of time likely likely the scale weight will trickle down usually is what i'll see the scale weight will go down but over time and it's like a jaggedy line but there might be sometimes then as well, you might have a small, I'm just using example of a small female, right? And they just have like a couple of pounds to lose. Their body composition might completely change because the deficit that they're in might've just been fairly small, but they might've been resistance training and they might've had, let's say, obviously a high protein diet. So they might've actually changed their body composition through build a muscle, but a little bit of fat loss would have started occurring at a slow rate. But as I said, for most of the time, what I will see is the rate of fat loss is going to be faster than the rate of muscle growth. But as I said, it is going to be um, dependent on the person. I think the key point is that your weight loss is like a, if you weighed yourself every single day, it's like a jaggedy line. And it's about kind of removing that emotional attachment and not putting all your self-worth into a number on the scale. Yeah, definitely. And I do think that's a really effective way of doing the weighing daily, but I think it depends on the person and their relationship with the scale so if you have someone who's extremely traumatized from years of diet culture weighing themselves every day initially is is sometimes not that beneficial I find so like mm. that's why we would sometimes leave that why I would in the group my group coaching very much leave it to every four weeks and then you know we do huge kind of mindset work around yeah the scales I'm not even looking at your weight I'm lo- when we're doing progress checks I'm looking at your photos and I'm looking at your measurements so um like we like the number on the scale and then I will always get messages being like oh but like you know I see I can see the progress but the number on the scales and like we'd have to do a bit of talking around that I find with one-to-one clients Mm. it's a great way to do the daily thing because you can you can really talk them through day to day and be like look yeah it's going up and down and up and down and that that general downward trend is and I when you can see that it just doesn't go I know people can't see me but like doesn't go just down down like a slide it that it's going kind of up and down and up it's like kind of going on a hill walk where you're going up a little bit and then down a little bit up but that eventually you end up back at sea level and um it's important to realize that and I think people forget that Mm -hmm. that's it like and it's just it's understanding it's not linear yeah like there's there's multiple different ways of going about it there might be someone who just simply can't remove the most attachment to the scale. As I said, a lot of the time when a person starts on just looking at it logically and are moving the motion and not 
hide behind the deeper issue of the actual understanding of the scale oftentimes it can feel like can it can really help them long term it all depends on the end of everyone's so individualized you know what i mean mm-hmm. um everyone's so individualized but yeah there's there's many different ways of going about it but just i think the take home here is that your progress isn't going to be linear and it's as simple as that yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah i think the take home from the whole scales conversation anyone at home who's trying to kind of tackle this on their own don't weigh yourself once a week. I think that's the worst thing you can yeah, do. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's you've, you've thrown in a really good week's work, and then you're up two pounds, and you're like, "Fuck my life." Um, so I definitely think don't weigh yourself once a week. If anything, weigh yourself every day or every four weeks or yeah. so. Or I, I have like one particular girl um comes to mind now, one of my long term clients, and she's uh, she's made huge changes to her body composition over the years. But she doesn't weigh herself at all yeah. because she's such an unhealthy relationship with the scale. She has no idea. Yeah. So even when I'm adjusting her calories, and she's like, Kate, I'm not weighing myself. I'm sorry. So we'll just adjust slightly yeah. if we need to. And we go trial and error with, with how her body responds to it. But she's so happy and she's so free being away from the scales. And she looks fantastic as well as feeling fantastic. So it's not always necessary. So it's about listening to all these options and thinking, what do you think works best for you? That's exactly it. It's as I said, it just needs to be individualized. It's as simple as that. And um, yeah, for some people, like removing it is is potentially is can help. But as I said, for the person that won't help, it like it literally just it just depends, doesn't it? It just literally depends yeah. on, on on the person, to yeah. be honest, you know. Yeah, and that's it. With group coaching, the co- uh, different coaches will take different approaches that they feel is yeah. best. Because group coaching has to be a little bit more generalized. So if there's, if I think anyone listening has like a particularly difficult relationship with the scales, it can be worthwhile to just do a bit of one to one coaching for a while, just to to help kind of get the mindset right on it. But um, when you were talking about the scales as well, um, you were talking a little bit about carbohydrates. So this is kind of onto your video, where you're like pouring the water onto the slice of bread yeah. and stuff. But um, the point that you were saying about the grams of water per gram of carbohydrate um is why people think that low carb low carb diets are better so you know a lot of people will start with me and they're like oh but that's an awful lot of carbs i can't eat carbs i'm like you need carbs (laughs) you need carbs so you can run after your kids so you can do your workouts so you can do your job um so where does all this come from do you think yeah so i suppose like it's probably from i suppose people kind of like promoting the likes of keto diets and that and see when they can say that this person lost 14 pound in two weeks that it's like it's again it's a it's a good marketing strategy but it's an unethical marketing strategy because what that isn't what's not clear to the given to the outside eye there is that when you completely cut out carbohydrates in your diet there's a couple of things happening number one you're gone extremely low calories because you're removing an entire food group wraps bread bagels sweets chocolate crisps all of them things are gone so therefore you're in a just a gigantic mass uh, calorie deficit number one likely um and then number two you're just after depleting your glycogen stores basically your water is just emptied off you you know what i mean so therefore you're going to lose an awful lot of weight so where i came from i'm not so sure i presume them types of diets um but like the key thing to understand is that your carbohydrates there there when it comes to like a successful diet there's a couple of different things a successful diet you need to enjoy the food that you're eating or else you simply will not last you need to ask yourself whenever you're setting out in weight loss how long could i stick to eating this type of diet yes throughout fat loss you are creating a calorie deficit so you're going to be eating a little bit less that's that that's fine you might be making some compromises etc but the diet itself shouldn't change massively from deficit to maintenance so you need to make sure that the foods that you are eating throughout the deficit are the foods that you will eat long term and you need to understand what the purpose of carbohydrates is carbs are your primary fuel source therefore they give you energy on a daily basis and they are the body's preferred fuel source so if you're not if you are eating a low carb diet some people might find low carb diet might feel good off it that is fine for the majority of people let's say if there's any performance in there at all and and for 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 women to be honest as well you need carbohydrates for your brain cognitive function energy on a daily basis your performance in the gym for example i went on a run yesterday and i had a couple of times i'd done running recently my fueling hasn't been hadn't been amazing yesterday i had a thing of pineapple i had a banana i had jam and a bagel and i literally would run for days that was simply because i was properly fueled up on the correct carbohydrates so understand eat your carbohydrates because they're going to make your adherence to your diet so much better and you're going to feel a hundred times better than as well and like it's the it's 
there's different types of carbohydrates for different times. So like this is again another reason why good and bad isn't uh anyway useful. So like there's a time where a bowl of cereal could actually be, be more beneficial than a bowl of oats. For example, before a workout, probably would make it be a good shout 45 minutes, an hour before to maybe have something like a cereal bar or maybe a small bowl of cereal to give you them fast acting kind of sugarier carbohydrates. But then mainly having your diet consistent of whole, uh, I suppose, mainly complex carbohydrates, slow releasing carbs to give you that kind of more consistent energy. But there's a time and place for both type of carbs. That's a, the other debate kind of like, what's a good carb? What's a bad carb? There isn't. It's again, time dependent. Yeah, and I think it's really important as well to remember that if you take away your carbohydrates, you're taking away your fiber source. Exactly. Which is a huge, a huge health issue. So like I'm I am all for everyone eating whatever way suits their lifestyle but if you are if one of your goals is health you cannot cut out one of the food groups if we won't get into cutting out protein or or fat or anything like that because like um we just just as we're talking about carbohydrates if you cut out carbohydrates you are not getting any fiber so your protein that protein and your fat are going to be your only sources of food so you're going to have huge digestive issues even if even if things seem to be okay things won't be okay inside like things need to be moving and and it's really important and especially as women who are like as I work mainly with women so or sorry I work only with women so that I'm talking about women but it's, it's relevant for men as well but for women anyway as you get older yes you need more protein not to lose um muscle mass but you also need more fiber um, and that becomes really important as you're kind of heading into your 40s and 50s as well so important for digestion for health and like I'm not sure the exact study or whatever but um like fiber has been proven to be so beneficial for overall longevity for good health for digestion um for even and then again overall fullness overall satiety and like the way i look at carbohydrates is not to be like for most people probably listen to this not even being specific with the amount of carbs but just opting for an overall balanced meal approach basing your meals around a protein source having a serving of complex carbohydrates having a serving of of fat serving of fruit or fruit or veg with each meal Base that across whatever meal structure suits your lifestyle, three meals, four meals, two meals, four snacks, whatever kind of suits you best. But as long as you have them kind of balanced meals, you're never going to go too far wrong. And I like to like break this down into like ridiculously simple English. It's like that is as, simp- as simple as it, as, as, as it can be. But oftentimes it can be hard to kind of practically just not hard, but doing it on a daily basis. And sometimes we can, if we, if we aren't setting in stone of having structured meals, sometimes if we're not used to that, it, we will forget, etc. you know? Yeah, and I think very much like once you have your protein source in there, like, you know, even if you're not counting exactly how many grams of protein, like I'd always go with the precision nutrition hand portion. So like a palm sized portion of protein, one to two palm sized portions of protein with every meal. And then your carbs and fats will be very much personal preference. Some people feel better eating higher fats and people like I, I much prefer higher curb carb than higher fat. Like I'll still cook with olive oil. And I'd have, a, you know, a little bit of fat here and like, like probably more saturated fat, like cheese and stuff. But, yeah. um, that, but I would much prefer carbs to fat. So they, my carbs would, would be more than my fat, but if other people prefer to be slightly lower carb and more fat, that's okay. As long as you're getting a bit of everything on your plate, like you said, you, you wouldn't go too far wrong that's it and yeah i'm i'm kind of this i'm a little bit mixed to be honest like i'd have some days where my fat is like fairly high because like i like peanut butter like eggs like salmon so like oftentimes i can get to the end of the day and like fuck i was like geez my fat is actually fairly high here um which isn't a bad thing at all but it's like let's say if performance is is kind of like a main goal then you want to make sure that your carbs aren't taking too much of a hit because it's just going to be it's going to be so important like if you are in the gym if you are pushing strength if you are pushing runs etc it's going to be really important to just keep an eye not 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 be meticulous with carbs but just keep an eye on that they're not gone too low yeah and i think it's really important to to educate yourself on carbohydrates fats and proteins you know that i know we all did it in school some people probably haven't even thought about these since they were in school so like you know it's it's widely available online you know if you're looking to prepare meals like google um healthy protein sources google healthy carbohydrate sources you know and just get get familiar with what your options are as well so you know like a carbohydrate could be like it could be a cereal bar it could be a bowl of oats it could be a banana like it could be berries like uh, carbohydrates could be like vegetables you know like technically lettuce is a carbohydrate so um it like they comes in all levels same with fats like you know that you've got 
saturated fats like cheese, milk, you know, eggs, things like that, fats that you're getting in eggs. People think that saturated saturated fat is bad for you, but it's it's not. Saturated fat should be yeah, like in moderation. But oh, so it makes it poison. Yeah, absolutely. Then you've got the slightly healthier unsaturated fats. You know, where you're talking nuts, seeds, avocados, those kind of things, um, peanut butter, um. Yeah. So it's it's about fine, and then there's obviously kind of the worse for you fats, like you know that the the oils that like your chipper chips are being cooked in and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. um you're probably best to keep to a minimum. But so it all like everything's in levels as well, and it's also important to remember that not all foods fall into the same category. So let's just take protein. Let's talk about meat, for example. Like so, just say you're having some beef. So beef is going to be a protein source. But there'll also be a certain amount of saturated fat in. Of course. So you're so it's it's crossing, uh, so things cross over, and I'm trying to think like an avocado would be a carbohydrate and a fat. Sure, an egg, fat, and protein as well. Exactly. Yeah. So it's um it's definitely worth kind of googling these things just as, and like I don't mean like to overwhelm yourself with stuff, but for people to just start familiarizing themselves with like okay, and that nothing's good or bad. Like it's got different levels of how much of things you should potentially eat for health, but that's okay that's it and like it's just knowledge is power too isn't it like knowledge is power at the end of the day and i think it's like breaking it down extremely simple and i think really deep down we'll all we all kind of know what in some shape or form of what we probably should do in a way and it is mainly eating whole nutrient dense food getting adequate protein eat enough fruit and veg then having a little bit of allowance for the foods that we enjoy see if you can just get most of the diet good quality, whole nutrient-dense food, a little bit of the less nutrient-dense food, and you have a structure, a routine that suits your lifestyle, you, you can't really go too far wrong. You can't go too far wrong. And by having a kind of like knowledge behind it, right, what's this type of food? What's that type of food? Tracking food for a period of time potentially can be a very useful tool to build that kind of awareness. So you can then make, um, I suppose, conscious decisions, um, let's say for life to be like, right, okay, will this keep me kind of full? Will this not keep me full? So you're just kind of able to work things in into, into your life um, at different in different circumstances you know yeah it's very much trial and error like and that's what i also say to my clients is to view it as a science experiment because it kind of is like you're you are the experiment and you know you're like you're going to constantly be trying different things and like oh do you know what that didn't work out or when i ate that i felt this way or and it is trial or error so it's not about having strict rules it's about trying different things seeing what works for you trying other things and being being okay with making mistakes on your your health and fitness journey as well hundred percent that never nothing is ever going to be perfect and that's that's essential to understand and i think that's very important to understand from the get-go that like there will be days where like stress is going to like many mothers probably listen to this like there's going to be days where fitness isn't going to be the top of your priority but it's about trying to get to a point where you no longer like just completely remove fitness at every point of stress in your life and to look at like and and this is when i say fitness i mean like nutrition eating a well-balanced diet as well like you know at every point of like high stress we can't always just say feck it you know what i mean i'm all for a compassionate approach that but there are some times where we do need to do things where um even throughout, let's say, little bits of stress and that, because the reality of it is most of our lives are going to be of more stress than than little stress, realistically. You know what I mean? But see if then, what I'm getting at here is see if you have days there where, right, you missed a certain thing that you wanted to do, right? You missed a workout. You missed uh, a target with your nutrition. It's about uh, it's it's about understanding to be like, right, okay, right, missed that tomorrow. I have to make sure I'm not going to miss it, but I'm not going to feel guilty for missing it. You know that sort of a way. It's about kind of taking that like empathetic approach, but at the same time, right, okay, how do I make sure I nail this tomorrow? Because I know it makes me feel good, you know? So removing any of this unnecessary guilt, because no guilt here, Anthony, like we're not, do you know? And that's really important to understand. Remove that out of, out, out of the way um, and just look at it more kind of like logically and see, right, control the controllable is what I'd always say. Yeah, guilt is what's actually going to stop you reaching your goal. 100%. Not any choices that you make. It's the guilt that you attach and the self-worth that you attach to it that's going to lead you to spiral and to get in this cycle that you just never get out of. It's the response to it, isn't it? Like it's the response to everything that that matters the most. Like you could have one person who overeat one day, for example. Just when I say overeat, I just mean like just enjoyed a bit more food, right? It's not like we're all going to do that. That's part of life, like you know. But for one person, it wouldn't even phase them in the slightest. For another person, they think they're after doing something horrendous and then self-sabotage mode kicks in. And that, as a result, is the thing that actually 
drives progress to go either stall or go in the wrong direction. It's not the one meal usually or the one day or anything like that. It's a response to these um these things that 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 matters the most. And when you can remove the all or nothing and you can accept imperfection, that's when you're on a fairly solid trajectory to getting lifelong results and having health and fitness as a additive to your life rather than um and an, an, uh, a negative yeah no 100 percent um i'm conscious of time i just want to ask you a little bit really quickly about um your kind of thoughts around movement so we've talked a lot about nutrition and uh, but just in relation to movement for like you know exercise versus training what's important to prioritize especially i suppose let's you know think about the busy moms that are listening to this at a very little time what how important in your opinion when you're working with your clients is going to the gym or resistance training or you know what what is it that you'd recommend so it this is all going to depend on the person i always start off explaining right the benefits of this the benefits of this and right you can make your own decision that aligns with your goal because you now have knowledge right so basically no sorry not as if that i don't guide a fucking client obviously obviously i'll be i'll i give my input as to what's best for them but at least them knowing they can be like okay right i'm better off go for this today or this today but basically let's say i'm gonna use the goal of fat loss first because it's it's um many people might be listening or they might not be listening for fat loss um oftentimes it's per- one person's kind of initial goal but your overall kind of daily movement is going to be a thing that is going to be one of the most important aspects of assisting your fat loss but also just assisting your mind your mental health your your well-being on a daily basis trying to get more movement in your day is one of the most important things so basically a step count um, and i don't even look at it as really steps as such i'm more so yes we look at steps but it's more so right let's try and not think to ourselves right let's get out for steps today let's just get out for a walk let's get a bit of movement in because that not only helps obviously with expenditure but the main thing that it helps with is just feeling good feeling good in general so and and as i said your daily movement makes up your whole day whereas we want to look at our exercise or let's say our training as a way of getting stronger build a muscle getting fitter that's what our training should be looked at and then it's our overall daily movement that can kind of just keep a consistent kind of energy expenditure so what i would be saying is that the first thing to try and nail in my opinion is if you're doing 2000 steps 3000 steps now let's see can we kind of get 6,000 steps, trying to do a little bit more than you're already doing. A nice kind of range is anywhere from like six to 10. And if anyone's getting a bit more, that's 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 perfect. But I find that's a nice kind of like daily movement aim for. And then when it comes to resistance training, I, again, oftentimes many people will come and they look at exercise as a way of just burning calories, punishment. That's It's a negative outlook on, on, on training, right? Whereas the approach that I like to take is that most people should eventually try and do some form of resistance training because it's going to be so beneficial for our muscle mass, bone health, joint health, um, and preventing against diseases as 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 years goes on, especially as people are, are, are getting older. Resistance training and lifting and progressing is arguably, not even arguably, it's just a fact, it's, it's even more important as you're getting older to try and preserve that muscle mass so that you're able to sit up and down off the toilet when you're 90 years of age, you know what I mean? And that should be the goal. It's like instead of looking at your exercise as a means of fat loss, calorie burn, etc., look at it to feel good, build muscle, get stronger, um, and, and, and obviously get fitter and overall enjoyment. And it's like, there's many different ways to do resistance training. So like, for example, let's take a, someone who is like very, very um, time poor. Let's try and aim for consistent daily movement, consistent step count that's feasible and that's realistic, but that's enough as well. And then let's try and see, can we get two gym sessions in the week can we get three 30 minute gym sessions can we get two hour gym sessions and by doing that you're and if your intensity is high enough and you're progressing well you're 100 you know mm-hmm. what i mean for most people three is a lovely kind of thing to aim for so for, for some people two and for some people they might be just on a weight loss journey and they're like right okay i just want to focus on my nutrition focus on my daily movement and that is 100 fine as well yeah, because you're at that early stage and then, you know, eventually what will happen is it'll progress and you'll get to the stage where you're like, now I'm ready to add in a little bit of resistance training. And I think it's important to note as well that for anyone who can't actually make it to the gym with their, you know, if they've got small kids at home or whatever, that it yeah. can be done at home. Of course. Uh, you know, that you like, obviously you can get some dumbbells, uh, kettlebells to do at home, but there's loads of coaches that do, like myself included, that do 
um, homework that provide homework and yourself. Yeah. And so like, you know, you can use your own body, like you you can do squats, you can do push ups against the kitchen counter. Then you can, you know, there's so much that can be done at home that it's not a case of I won't bother doing anything because I can't make it to the gym or I'm not doing it properly unless I go to the gym. But I got the strongest that I had ever gotten when I was stuck at home during COVID because I was doing, you know, slow kind of colds and stuff. And I got really strong and I was using my own body weight a lot of the time, like, you know, um, so it is, it is possible. Not, it is, but it's like, it's definitely. 100% possible. Yeah. Fact. I always, I always will say with people who join the community, I'll always say if they're doing home workouts, I will always say if you can, again, everyone's going to be different with finances or whatever try and get a set of adjustable dumbbells. 50 quid, say, you'd get a set of adjustable dumbbells. And it can just bring the little bit of variety into it as well. Because sometimes people can get a little bit bored of just doing body weight and that, I find, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you can have the little bit of variety as well, where you're like, and you're able to see yourself getting stronger each week, that's a massive, massive thing. Because with your exercise, a lot of people are just focusing on the calorie burning and exercise and using that as a metric of success or not success and using that as like the determined factor of their of their kind of how good their workout was and it's like where's the progression do i just stay just coming and trying to burn 300 calories that my apple watch says i burn or do i say to myself right let's just forget about calories and let's try and aim to get good and strong or maybe beat my times in my runs or maybe beat my times in my walks do you know what i mean just trying to have some sort of metric to see yourself changing and yeah i often find as well if a person can have again this isn't a necessity and i would have a lot of people just simply focus on nutrition and steps but at some point using having performance-based goals is probably one of the most underrated things that a person can do because the focus now isn't just fat loss it's like right okay how am i and it's like am i getting stronger am i seeing changes in myself am i feeling good and strong on a daily basis and it's like we remove we're we're starting to look at the bigger picture of overall health and fitness and why we're doing it as a whole you know yeah and it's so empowering like it's just you actually cannot i can't it's very hard to put into words that feeling of as you you notice yourself progress and doing things that you didn't know that you could actually do um, yeah. or if anyone who's listening is like, you know what, none of that's for me yet. Let me just make one point before we finish up that people who have more muscle on their bodies can eat more and maintain their body weight. And I think mm. that's what people don't realize. So it's not about exercising to burn calories, but at the same time, as you're getting healthier, stronger, you're feeling better, you know, you're challenging yourself, but you're also going to, when you maintain your body weight, if you've got, if you've been resistance training, you'll be able to eat more calories and maintain. That's it. Like, yeah, and that's it. And like, that takes like build a muscle it's a it's a very slow process you know what i mean it's a very slow process but like if you do it for for long enough and i think the key thing there isn't it that it's like being consistent enough for long enough in order to see the changes actually occurring because it's not a case that like let's say three months resistance training the amount of muscle you're going to build is it's it's going to be probably minimal to be totally honest like not minimal but it's it's not going to be mass amount like build a muscle is a slow process it's a slow slow process and you need to be consistent enough with it for for long enough so enjoying the type of resistance program that you're following is going to be key but don't just give up after a month and say it's not for me because you haven't seen the benefits that it's about to give you and it just it does take time doesn't it it is painfully slow sometimes (laughs) and that's why even having a mixture having a little bit of conditioning in with it you know try and spice it up that small little bit if you're someone who doesn't enjoy the reps and sets you know sometimes people can find a shade boring um but having a little things in it into kind of i suppose spice it up yeah no that's so true and um, okay last question and then we finish up and um, what yep. does the word health mean to you oh i hate these ones when it's just i, I know well. <laughs> I, put it, I always use and then i'll talk for a minute to give the because I, I ask everyone this and it's really interesting because everyone has a really different perspective but none of this it's not a wrong right or wrong answer yeah yeah Health for me is feeling good in myself on a daily basis, both physically and mentally. And for and f- exercising to feel, yeah, feeling good. I think that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Feeling yeah. good mentally and physically on a daily basis. And for me, in order to do that, I need to be consistent eating just a nice, well balanced, unrestricted diet and following a training program that i somewhat enjoy and doing it regardless of how i feel on a daily basis that is what's going to make me feel the benefits of the word health for me brilliant absolutely no great answer um right so i suppose as we finish up where can people find you because i know you've got an app coming out with sean soon 
And yeah, uh, if you want to yeah. share any info on that and then where people can connect with you if they aren't already following you. Yeah, so um, e.dailyfitness. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ, I've given you my email. Never mind, uh, you don't need my email. Apologies. Uh, what's, Jesus Christ, what's gone wrong with me? Um, Evan Daily underscore Daily Fitness. Sorry, I freaking forgot my Instagram handle there for a second. Uh, but yeah, Instagram is kind of the main one. But yeah, I know both myself and Sean are, are building the app. Can't say the name of it yet. We just need to get the domain sorted in case anyone steals it on us. So, oh, yeah, um, it's all still very uh, top yeah. secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, but I'm uh, not looking forward to it. Like, it's, um, it's exciting. I'm sure Sean was chatting about it on it anyway. But uh, yeah, it's just basically to kind of like replace the current um, program and just make it extremely user friendly and to bring it to like a wide scale because like i suppose both our challenges kind of fill up very very fast and we want to try and help a wider um audience even though it already is a wide audience and but also to make it more accessible and more user-friendly for our current audience um and to just build a cracking community is the long-term goal basically amazing i'll anyway i'll share your instagram for any confusion um, in the show notes or whatever so they'd be able to kind of click your link in bio and find anything that they any info they need 100 thanks, thanks, thanks so much for coming on and chatting to me today thanks very much kate thanks billion okay everyone it is that time of year again and i am going to mention the c word so the last nourish move and shine program of 2023 is on sale now so it's going to start on the 23rd of october and it's going to run all the way up to christmas so if you want to look your best and feel your best coming up to christmas and um, make sure to grab a spot you can go onto my website or even if you go through any of my social medias the link in bio will bring you to the sign up and spaces will be limited because it's just little old me doing the coaching and everybody gets an individual check-in so i need to be able to have the time to check in to everyone so once the spaces are gone they're gone so hop on a quick and you won't know the time you know how quickly christmas comes around so you might as well be putting in the work and the structure now and you'll be feeling amazing by christmas so nourish move and shine is my group coaching and it's specifically designed for busy ladies so i am a mum of three as you know I know what it's like to try and balance everything and do everything. It's impossible. Um, it is, as I said, individual check-ins each week, but it has all the perks of one-to-one coaching, but with the support and the community and the atmosphere of group coaching. So it's an all-around win-win. Um, it's suitable for anyone who wants to make healthy changes in their lives, anyone from beginners to anyone who's just looking to reset back into healthy habits. Um, it's not a restrictive diet. You won't get a meal plan. Um, it is about making small changes gradually to build the foundations for lasting change. So what's included? Personalized calories or hand portions, food lists, step goals, at-home workouts or gym-based workouts. Totally up to you. Some people don't even do the workouts. They want to focus just on the steps and the nutrition. And that's totally fine. Mindset work, app access, WhatsApp group support, one-to-one support through email and WhatsApp. We do fun challenges. We do measurements and progress checks every four weeks. And there's weekly check-in forms, as I said, to fill in. And you'll hear from me individually each week. So it is €199 for eight weeks. Like I said, last one of the year. So jump on it. Don't miss out. And I promise you, not it this is not just a diet this will change your whole outlook on your body on fat loss on health and fitness in general you will move forward in your life with a whole new mindset and with the tools to be able to continue on your journey um in a healthy balanced way while actually enjoying your life so like i said hop over to my website which is katehamiltonhealth.com or any of my socials at katehamiltonhealth and book your spot for the conference